You are made of dreams, and this world is not for you. Chapter 3, page 22, Call Down the Hawk. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And we're We're the the Raven Raven Girls. Girls. Welcome to our Raven Cycle podcast. Podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, kind of. (laughs) Call Down the Hawk podcast, where we talk about seven dysfunctional young adults and, wait, no, eight? Nine? How many copies are there? (laughs) (laughs) This is a special episode discussing Call Down the Hawk. Yeah. And we don't have any specific deep dives. I did do a lot of research on Boudicca and then didn't really put it all together. (laughs) So maybe I'll do an online essay with that. (laughs) I've seen Navita's notes. There are copious notes we're going to be talking for a long time, even without without a deep dive. Jesus Christ. I think my notes alone are 18 pages. Holy crap. (laughs) Mine are like five, dear. I know. Oh, we can't do a whole season on, okay. in one episode. I kept it short. That's <laughs> keeping it short. Okay. Uh, disclaimers? Disclaimers. This is Analysis Podcast. We'll be discussing Call Down the Hawk as Call Down the Hawk. Okay, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but we probably, probably the Raven Cycle yeah. again. This means we are spoilerific, so you'll probably want to have read the books before listening. We'll use pronunciations from the audiobook. And page numbers are referenced from the hardcover edition. Correct. And a disclaimer from me, this podcast does still have a teen plus rating. And there is canon levels of adult content, including, well, Ronan swearing, maybe Hennessy level drinking. (laughs) Declan lewdness. He's not really lewd, but he's kind of a flirt. No gray man violence. There's other violence, but moderator violence. No moderator violence. I like the old one better. The old one, the other one flows more smoothly. I've been saying the other one for two years. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the episode. Yes. Right on the top of the episode, an announcement. We want to say thank you to our patrons because we now have our website up and running at ravengirls.com. Yes, that is, which is so exciting. So exciting. And we would not be doing it without you. Absolutely not. And if you go to our website, ravengirls.com, you will see a patron wall of faith. So if you want to become a patron and join that wall of fame, there's a button there or you can go to patreon.com slash ravengirls and help us out because we wouldn't have that without you. Absolutely not. Thank Thank you you guys so much. So much. Yes. And to get right into Call Down the Hawk. If you're a new listener, you're only listening to this episode, or you are a longtime listener and you didn't listen to the Call Down the Hawk episode because you were waiting and didn't want to read the sampler, 
I would suggest going back and listening to the first Call Down the Hawk episode where we discussed the first eight chapters that were released by Scholastic, because there are some things that we discussed there that we're not going to discuss here. One of those being, we talked about the factions that we were introduced to in the first eight chapters, like the Zeds, the Visionaries, the Moderators. But what we didn't do was talk about the actual characters, because we didn't have a feeling for the characters except for the ones from the Raven Cycle right. in the first eight chapters. So we're going to briefly cover those characters, including some of the ones from the Raven Cycle, just to introduce those concepts to people who might just be picking up the Call Down the Hawk Raven Girls episode because this is the only book of Maggie's you've read. <laughs> if so, welcome. Welcome indeed. Yes. I will say that in our last episode, when we talked about visionaries, we said, that they were psychics and that we thought their brains got fragmented. And of course, that was how we were interpreting based on the first date right. chapters. We hadn't seen far enough to understand what exactly they were. Exactly. So a bit of a correction. we said as much. We did say as much. A bit of a correction because we find out in Call Down the Hawk that that's not actually the case. Right. We're led to believe that in the first date chapters, but that's not what visionaries actually are, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a correction there. So... The first thing would be the Lynch brothers. So we have three Lynch brothers, the Orphans Lynch. (laughs) We have Declan, Uh who's the eldest. He's 21 years old. He lives in D.C. or outside of D.C. He has a boring internship with a political figure. He does everything he can to stay as bland as possible. He wants to blend in and be bland and like not stand out and keep your head down. Right. Yeah. So that's where we start with Declan. Then you have Ronan, who is the opposite of Declan. Mm -hmm. He is hard edged and he is a dreamer that can pull things out of his dreams. And then we've got Matthew, the third Lynch brother, the sunny youngest brother. He's a golden retriever. Yes. I mean, he's not really, but... Well, he could be. I mean, who knows? (laughs) But yeah, do you want to talk about like how Matthew is a dream of Ronan's? Yeah. So Matthew was dreamed by Ronan when Ronan was like three. Mm -hmm. And does not know that he is a dream until like... Yeah, halfway through the book. Halfway through this book. Mm -hmm. Then we have Hennessy Mm -hmm. and Jordan. Mm -hmm. Hennessy is a dreamer like Ronan. Right. And Jordan is a dream like Matthew. Right. (laughs) And then there are also four to six other Other girls, depending on the time in the book. Right. I think they get to the 11th copy is the one that dies in the bathroom uh-huh. i'm not entirely sure but i think so yeah because i think there could be is it 12 or 13 that 13 fully 13 spaces right 13 spaces the last one was in lindenmere but it wasn't a copy she just got the rose right without a copy so i think that was number 12 yeah so 11th copy is I the last think. one that actually shows up in and the then, bathroom yeah i think but okay. I don't remember for sure. We'll talk a little bit more about that yeah, when we get there, I'm sure. Exactly. And then we have the moderators, which are Carmen Farouk Lane, who is one of the moderators, whose brother was a dreamer. And then we have Parsifal, who was a visionary right. that she was stuck with for a mm. while. And then Liliana shows up. Later she, on, she's another visionary. She's another visionary. 
I know you did a really good synopsis of the book because I know you had character stuff in there as well. So, but just to briefly go over who we're talking about when we say these names, these are who they are. Right. Basic synopsis of Call Down the Hawk. You had an excellent one. I'm glad that you think it's excellent because I thought that it was kind of hard to do. (laughs) It is hard to do. But yeah, so a government agency called the Moderators is killing dreamers because they think a dreamer is going to destroy the world by dreaming an unquenchable fire. Mm -hmm. They got this idea from the visionaries who are people who explosively transform to different ages within their own timeline. Right. Like any age that they can be. Right. And when they explode, they get a vision and they all have a vision of a dreamer ending the world in fire. Right. So one thread in this book follows a moderator and a visionary. Carmen Farouk Lane is the moderator and Parsifal is the visionary. Mm-hmm. And eventually a second visionary, which was Liliana, trying to track down dreamers. There's a second plot thread of a dreamer who always has the same nightmare and ends up bringing back a copy of herself after every dream. Mm-hmm. And that Tennessee. Correct. And each time she dies, she knows she's one step closer to death. That's what we were talking about. The choker of flowers around her neck. Every time she brings back a copy, she gets another. Right. Another flower. She's trying desperately to find some way to have a different dream and or find a way for her dreams to stay alive after she dies. Mm-hmm. She feels like her first dream, who is Jordan, Mm -hmm. who's a viewpoint character through a good chunk of the book, is more real than she is. And I kind of tend to agree with her. Yeah. (laughs) As Ronan said, if Hennessy has only been dreaming in 20-minute chunks, you feel dead. Right, exactly. (laughs) Speaking from experience. (laughs) The third plot thread is the Lynch brothers. Ronan wants desperately to move to Cambridge to live with Adam. Mm -hmm. The attempt does not go well. No. Uh, Ronan has dreamed a new forest, Lindenmere, and Bride, another dreamer, is showing up in it, or at least his voice is. Right. Declan is in search of something and ends up going to the fairy market, which is an underground trade convention for black market magical stuff, mm-hmm. and he ends up taking Ronan along. Right. Everyone there is also talking about Bride. Mm-hmm. Declan and a dream fall in love. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind Mad- of. <laughs> They totally do. Well, they fall in like each other. Yeah. They fall in, they would bang. (laughs) Matthew figures out he was dreamed by Ronan and is Mm -hmm. rightfully pissed off that no one had told him. Yeah. And Declan spends the whole book rightfully pissed off at Niall for being a jackass and basically being the source of all their problems so far. Fuck Niall. (laughs) Yes. And the coming together of all these threads is basically the climax of the book. Mm -hmm. Very well done. (laughs) So what I have to add, not really a synopsis, but a little bit of background about the book. In the owl crate that came with a copy of the book and in a couple of other book crates that I've heard of, Maggie included a letter and it talks about what might have been part of the inspiration for parts of this book. I still remember one of the most terrifying moments of my life. I was a Spitfire college student with bad social skills and a worse attitude. Every day I commuted 1.5 hours to school until I found a shortcut. This narrow road cut off a corner and rejoined the main road later. If you went twice the speed limit, you could shave off 15 minutes. It was a bad idea. I did it all the time. One day, I glimpsed another car ahead of me on this normally empty road. Stranger still was that it was identical to my car. Same make, model, color. 
And when I caught up at a hairpin turn, I saw that the driver was a slight young woman with hair just my color in a ponytail just like mine. Squarish shoulders just like mine. Drove just like me. Suddenly, I was terrified. What if I caught her eye in the mirror and she had my face? I hit the brakes and let her tear off. Two decades later, I still don't know why it scared me so bad. I do know that... No, I totally get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do know that the moment I got home, I started writing a story and that you are holding a box with that story in it now. I hope you like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's freaking creepy. I know. (sighs) And then a little bit more. Recently, she posted a video that was about a week or so ago, and she said there were three reasons that she wrote the book. Number one, Ronan Lynch. (laughs) His ability to take things from his dreams was a metaphor for creativity, and that as a creator, you often are looking for a sense of belonging and finding other creators and community, but that people create for different reasons, and that being a creator doesn't promise commonality. The second reason being Jordan and forgery. Maggie had taken a seminar on forgeries in history and learned that forgeries could be a good or bad thing, that they're a teaching tool and a learning process, and it brings up big questions about what makes an original. And number three was that she wanted to write a cracking adventure story like the trashy thrillers that you find in the grocery store, but with all of the Steve Ottery stuff like car chases, gun battles, and blowing shit up. (laughs) So, overall impressions. Overall impressions. Okay, so I really, really enjoyed it. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because we just finished Dream Thieves, Mm -hmm. but Caught on the Hop felt like much more of a slow burn than The Raven Cycle. Mm -hmm. It worked and I enjoyed it, but I did feel like 90% of the book was set up and then like, boom, climax. Oh, wait. No, gotta wait for the next book. Well, yeah. (laughs) But if you think about The Raven Boys. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was much more similar to The Raven Boys where there was lots of, um, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then boom, yes. I think it did a good job expanding the Raven Cycle universe mm-hmm. while still being its own thing. And I like the new characters, especially Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I like what she did with the familiar characters, too. Mm-hmm. And I like the story so far. It's really interesting. I like all the new stuff that we've learned and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So my overall impression was basically, holy shit. <laughs> That was it. That's my comment. Holy shit. (laughs) I didn't really. It was like, uh, that was a thing that happened to me. I feel I I honestly came out to have a good time and I'm feeling attacked right now. (laughs) That's kind of how I felt about it. (laughs) I came out to be attacked and I'm having a good time. I'm not sure which is true. Both. (laughs) No, you were here for Adam in a motorcycle, sweetheart. That is so true. Oh, my God. I have to lay down again. (laughs) So, did it meet your expectations? Yes. I would say yes. I do feel like there was a lot less bro moments and funny than the Raven Cycle 
Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that had to do with the fact that you go into the Raven Cycle with friendships firmly established. Right. Except for Blue. Obviously, she's kind of your entry viewpoint character. But none of the characters in this book, except for the Lynch brothers, who are kind of antagonistic to each other, have an easy relationship. And I think that that is probably my only expectation that didn't get fulfilled Mm -hmm. was I expected. It wasn't quite as funny as I expected it to be, although there were funny moments and there wasn't quite as much character bonding as I would have liked. Right. How about you? I would say that, yes, it met my expectations. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. And I can see that a lot of the questions that I had are going to be answered. And some of them already are. Mm -hmm. And it looks like we're going to see a lot of the things that I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And that's good. I like that. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. So things overall that we liked or what worked for us particularly well? I loved seeing so much more Declan. Mm -hmm. Basically, like getting into his head, seeing him as a viewpoint character. I really liked Jordan. Mm -hmm. I liked how it felt like this was building on Raven Cycle stuff, particularly Dream Thief stuff. Uh huh. I was happy that so many of the things I wanted to see explored are already getting explored or or hinted at. Yeah, in some way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, for me, of course, the Lynch brothers. (laughs) Right. And like you said, kind of the relationship between Declan and Jordan. Uh huh. And then I really, really liked Ronan becoming a mentor for another dreamer. Yeah, that's a good point. And so to counterpoint my last statement, basically all of those interpersonal relationships, once they started to happen, those things that Maggie does so well, she did Mm -hmm. really well. Right. We get a lot of growth between the Lynch brothers. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool. Another thing that I liked was that there were quick chapters and it was a fast change POV. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, did keep the pace pretty well. Uh, although that also, again, has a flip side, goes into one of the things I didn't like about Call Down to the Hawk, which meant that there were so many weird character POVs that I was like, um, okay, can I get back to the good stuff? <laughs> okay, so to get into that, things overall that we disliked or didn't work for us. I hate the moderators. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, not that I think that they're a bad idea or, like, not interesting. Uh-huh. It's just I really dislike their dreamers and dreams aren't people mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that it's basically a metaphor for how we dehumanize the enemy in war. Right. But it still makes me cringe every freaking time. And yeah. just like, it's like, no, they're real. They they, they are. It's, it's there's, <laughs> Soiling yeah. green is people. Yeah. <laughs> So for me, there was a moment I punched something. Can you guess what that moment was? Shoot. I'm having trouble. What was it? When Declan says, she's my mother. Ah. I was driving in my car, listening to the audiobook, sobbing like a little baby because Matthew was like, I'm not a real Lynch brother. And then Declan's like, oh, you think I'm a real Lynch brother? Let me show you. And then Declan like pulls the card out and it's like, she's my mother. And I punched the steering (laughs) wheel. I was like, fuck. (laughs) So loud. So I'm like crying and punching things as I'm driving in my car. 
thank you, Maggie, I guess. But oh man. Just you wanted you wanted him to have the exact same parentage as Matthew and Well, we've talked about it. People have said that they thought that Declan wasn't Aurora's son, and I have said that I can see the reasons why people would think that. But I didn't want that to be true because it makes me hate Niall Lynch more yeah. than I did before. And guess what? I hate Niall Lynch more than I did before, which I didn't think was possible. <laughs> I genuinely didn't think was possible. And I hate him so fucking much. <laughs> so much it's like on Declan's behalf all of them yeah all of them Eve, Matthew I mean all of them mm-hmm. I did go through it another time and then when more more Cora sees Declan in the elevator when she glances at Ronan she's like whatever and she looks at Declan and she flinches uh-huh and I'm like oh Mark I'm so mad and, and then, like, he goes looking for her and, like, yeah. oh, honey. And then it was even sadder because on page 439, when Ronan is driving to try and save Matthew at the very end, mm-hmm. he's thinking to himself, the Lynch brothers, the brothers Lynch. In a way, the Lynch brothers had always been the most important and truest definition of the Lynch family. Secrets bound them together far more tightly than any friendship ever could. And so even when they went to school, they remained the Lynch brothers, the brothers Lynch. Ronan didn't know who he would be without them. Ronan doesn't know, though. So I'm just like, oh, my God, I hate everything about this. (laughs) I mean... It's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's like, Declan is still Runa's effing brother, whether or not Aurora is... Yeah, I mean, even... that's. I had that written in my book. I was like, well, okay, if they are both sired by Niall, which, who knows, then wouldn't they both be Lynch brothers still? Yeah. I mean, half-brothers, but still. But that's another question. (laughs) And then, like many people, I am sad and disappointed that we don't see Adam past chapter 41. Yeah. Which is basically halfway through the book. And it's like, what the fuck happened to Adam? Yeah, I want to know where Adam is and what he's doing. Well, what do you think happened? I have no idea. Okay. I don't, I mean... It's like, I'm a little worried because we don't see him very much after the time he scries and sees the lakes. Yeah, we see him drive away from the barns and there is no contact from Adam. We don't even know that that he made it back to school. We do not. We don't even know that he made it back to school. Because the last text that we hear Ronan getting from Adam comes before Adam shows up, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, so my theory is that if the moderators knew where Matthew was... They knew where Adam was. Shit. (laughs) That's my theory. I don't know. (sighs) Okay. Were there any moments or details that shocked or surprised you? Yes. (laughs) The visionaries as time travelers within their own lifetime. Yeah, was super shocking. And I had noticed that Liliana came out of the van as a teenager when she was described as a woman before that. Right. But the scene with Parsifal was disturbing oh my God, yes. and shocking. Yes. 
Also with Liliana, she started out as a woman, then became a teen after the van with children in it, then an old woman after she contacted old women, then a woman again after being with Carmen. And I was wondering if her age at all was based on the ages of the people around her. Possibly. It was just a weird detail. Mm-hmm. I was also surprised by the visionaries. That mm-hmm. was really interesting. I was a little surprised to see the copy of Nile. Oh, God, yes. And the woman who looked like Aurora. I was surprised by that. I'm surprised that I was surprised that Declan isn't Aurora's son. (laughs) I was also a little surprised and happy to see Declan showing so much emotion and thinking of his own happiness. Declan. (laughs) One of the other things I was surprised and kind of pleased by was the sun dogs. Yes. (laughs) That was super cool. It was super cool. And I actually talked about sun dogs. Do you remember this? I don't. In the weather folklore prediction episode. Oh my goodness. And the funny thing is that I talked about them more than I put in the episode because I ended up cutting it down because I was like, oh, sun dogs aren't appropriate to the raven cycle. (laughs) So... So maybe we can like find, find that, that footage and yeah, like- <laughs> I might be able to put it in there. But I thought it was just me going on another research tear, and then they show <laughs> the fuck up. But if you want to go back to episode fourteen, I do talk a little bit about the mythology of sun dogs. <laughs> if you are interested, also black dogs on the ley line, which is a callback yes. to the Raven Boys. <laughs> I also very strongly want to point out that on page 438, Lindenmere tells Ronan that the sun dogs are hungry, quench them with water. And on page 50, the apocalypse is described as a starving, unquenchable fire. And I was thinking maybe the sun dogs get out and can't be quenched. Could they be a starving, unquenchable fire? I mean, obviously they quench them, but maybe not. Oh, dear. I just, I liked the fact that the language was reused for Mm -hmm. the sun dogs. Yeah. Any details or questions from the Raven Cycle or Opal that you thought would be addressed but weren't? I still want to know who the woman was who showed up at the barn. That's what I put, too. (laughs) Yeah. Was there anything else? Not that jumps to mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said she may still come in, of course, but it was weird to me that nothing happened with it yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I can't even imagine what faction she would have been a part of. Like... Boudica? Boudica? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So, through lines and themes... So the first one that I picked out was this concept of sacrificing for art, almost, Mm -hmm. with giving away pieces of yourself Mm -hmm. in the creative process. And I thought that that both worked, obviously, very specifically for Hennessy, but could also be considered something that Ronan has to go through as well. Right. The next one was kind of dealing with long-term illness, Mm. because you've got... The copies of Hennessy that are killing her. Right. As she's dreaming, the dreaming is killing her in some mm. way. But then if she doesn't dream, it's killing her in some right. way. And there may be a lot of what Maggie was going through coming very, through in that. Very much so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And then also Parsifal dealing mm. with it like a chronic illness. Yeah. I think it was page 103 where it basically Carmen is talking about how he's much more tractable at the beginning of the day but by 
the end of the day, he wants everything right. perfect. And it's like, yeah, he's running out of spoons. Like, yeah, he can't exactly. deal with it. So he's having to cut things down that he mm-hmm. can't deal with it right. because he's in pain or he's sick or because whatever's like, going on. Because got to be like, I mean, he's dying. He's dying too. Yes, absolutely. And then for me, somewhere in the back of my brain, I had assumed that the night wash was left over from the demon. And that's why Ronan was dealing with it. But with Hennessy getting it as well, I mean, I was wondering if like, do all dreamers get it? It sounds like it based on what Nathan said, Mm -hmm. and Bride said. So it was just, it was an interesting kind of a dreaming can be an illness if you do it, and it can be an illness if you don't do it. Right. And then the last big theme or through line that I saw was basically climate change (laughs) or the impact of mankind on nature. Yeah. Because they talked about storms dumping water all in one place and not somewhere else. But then Bride was talking about how it used to rain so much more and we gave it over to humans. And Mm. now look what's happening and the trees are dying. and And like the fact that we used to have like this real like silence but now even if you got everyone in the world to shut up you yeah. still have a home and it's exactly and even even like the unquenchable fire it sounds like global warming global warming yeah <laughs> climate change yeah and in the dream ronan pulls a baggie of teeth out of the ocean which is disgusting but then he thinks about plastic constantly being in the uh, ocean and i was just like there's a lot of sort of very i don't even think that subtle environmental messages happening right. here but it was definitely a through line i did love the fact that bride was like don't you hate the sun? Don't you love the rain? And I'm like, I'm a pluviophile. I'm a dreamer. (laughs) I fucking hate the sun. I will sign up for this shit. (laughs) You hate summer. I hate summer so much. And it was talking about how like humans get sad, like seasonal affective disorder, but... (laughs) But dreamers don't. And I'm like, I feel so much better in the wintertime. You have no idea. (laughs) I will sign on with this. You want to be a dreamer very, very badly. It would be awesome. Also kind of not awesome. It would be terrible. I I don't know that I want to be a dreamer. So how did you feel the theme of identity played out in Call Down the Hawk? Oh, wow. Um, How were the characters different at the end than they were at the beginning? So, like, the book is all about identity. Like, Mm -hmm. so much of it is about identity. And a lot of the same ways that the Dream Thieves was. Right. Are Zeds, are Dreamers people, are Dream people real people? Mm -hmm. Yes to both. I don't care that Maggie (laughs) says Dreams aren't real people. (laughs) Okay, Um, define real people. Internal organs? Green jello? (laughs) (laughs) They're they're people. (laughs) Yes, fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so Ronan spends the book trying to find himself again. Mm-hmm. And he moves from feeling like he needs a mentor to being a mentor. Mm-hmm. He learns to let himself expand a little more. And I think that's going to be a theme that carries through the trilogy. Just just him like expanding and opening up and finding new ways to be. Mm-hmm. And Declan. Aw, Declan. Yeah. Like, he, he actually grows a whole... He grows so much in this book. Right. 
He's trying so hard to figure out who he is and how he can be his own person while still protecting everyone he loves and putting mm. them in, without putting them in more danger. He shows so much more emotion in this book than he did in all of The Raven Cycle, and I love it so much. Yeah. I want to see him keep growing, and I want him to be happy. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And Matthew, sweet little Matthew, mm-hmm. realizing you're a dream must really suck. It Yes. <laughs> and you actually see him become a little more real at the end, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's like coming to terms with stuff and loving Ronan while still realizing and accepting that Ronan is flawed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he becomes conscious of himself. Yeah, exactly. He That's becomes, what I mean by being more real. Like, yeah, yeah, he becomes self-aware and Bride points that out. It's like, well, wisdom hurts. Uh-huh. The gain of wisdom is a painful thing. Right. And Jordan does a lot of growing, too. She learns to assert herself and becomes more like self-aware and more mm-hmm. and more real and independent than any dream person we've seen so far. Right. And she really does become a different person than Hennessy. Right. I like that she finally feels like enough of her own person to allow herself to paint her own original. Yeah, or start to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hennessy learns to accept herself for who she is and not tie her identity so closely to her mom. Mm-hmm. And she learns to be brave and to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I think she becomes a bit more of a real person over the course of the book, too. Right. Right. And I forget who mentions it, but there's a line somewhere saying that it felt like Jordan should be the original and Hennessy the copy. And I totally feel that. Yeah. I think, I think we talked about that just very briefly. Like It's mentioned several times, but the most significant one is near the end, I think, in the cafe when they're all meeting up to then split up again. Uh-huh. And I think it's Ronan or Declan's POV. Right. Yeah. I want to say probably Ronan. Yeah. Although I think it might be Declan simply because I have a feeling he was like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) (laughs) Can't have it. Nope, nope, nope. I highlight or not highlighted, but I posted it a note on page three because I think this is a thesis of exactly how they will change by the end of the book. And it's about the three Lynch brothers. Declan grew more boring and Ronan grew more bored. Matthew tried not to let his feet take him someplace he didn't understand. They all wanted more. Yeah, I think I highlight that line too. Yeah. And the only other thing for me with the identity, you covered pretty much everything. Ronan at the beginning feeling like a friendless loser at Harvard and then Mm -hmm. as a mentor kind of maturing into his own power. Right. You said that. But I was particularly struck, even though it was so short, with Adam's struggle with his identity. Yeah. In lying to his friends about being poor. And it made me think, and I wish that I'd actually looked this up because I had marked it to do. Persephone told him, and I believe it was in The Raven King, it was after she was dead, I think, that nobody needs to know about your past. You can be basically whoever you want to. You don't have to tell them anything. And so I, on the one hand, I wish that Adam was comfortable with who he was in his past. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, he's got to put his identity together. He has a chance to make a fresh start and become Mm -hmm. the person he wants to be. Will that bite him in the ass later? Probably. Probably. (laughs) Because it tends to. And Ronan totally did not get it. No. And I mean, that's the way it is, right? And Mm -hmm. Ronan even said he didn't get it. (laughs) Because... Uh 
it was Adam against himself right. versus Ronan looking at the world in a black and white way. He recognized he didn't get it and didn't want to fight with Adam about it. But like, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't get it at all. And I know this is going to be a long one for you. Uh-huh. Favorite chapters, scene, detail, or quote? Most satisfying, upsetting, angry-making moment. <laughs> um. Okay, so my favorite chapters. The only order is like beginning of book to end of book. Okay. Chapter 10. When Adam finds Ronan in the labyrinth and they talk about what to do next. Yeah, that's a really good one. Very sad. Chapter 25, when Carmen found Parsifal in the bathtub and cleaned him up mm-hmm. and realized he was likely dealing with a lot of pain and sickness. Mm-hmm. Chapter 34, the date between Jordan and Declan in the yes. art gallery was so cute. <laughs> Chapter 38, when Adam surprised Ronan leather. Yes. <laughs> Chapter 45, when Jordan and Ronan all have a conversation about dreaming and their banter is pretty great. <laughs> Chapter 51, when Matthew figures out he's a dream. Uh-huh. And then 52, when Matthew tells Ronan that he's a liar like Declan. Yeah. Oh, fuck. There were like six chapters where I posted them. Ow, ow, ow. Ow, 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 ow. So many chapters in a row just sucked. And then the last one, chapter 69. Oh, yeah. Declan takes Jordan into his repression attic. Those are my favorite chapters. Not not even favorite moments. Yeah, uh, I hadn't even thought about that one. But the moment where Matthew puts together that he's just the whole like... Like, he sees Chainsaw and he's like, the same thing's wrong with her as wrong with me. If I was one of Dad's, I'd be asleep, asleep. so I must be one of Vernon's. Uh, I was just like, oh, you poor kid. I live tweeted my first listen and I was like, no, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Crying face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I love the scene where Adam and Ronan first see each other when Ronan gets to Harvard. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so heartwarming. Just the whole, like, oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so upset and just uh, by this scene where Adam scries and sees the lace. Oh, shit. Holy cow. Like, I was terrified. And I was thinking, and we can bleep this part out because I'm going to say sexy things. I was like, you guys should have done the physical stuff before he did that, because he's not going to be in the mood after that happened. No. <laughs> that is, that is nobody's getting nothing tonight. Because <laughs> the first thing he says is, I want to look at Bride. And I'm like, no, dude, get your, <laughs> get your groove on and then look at Bride. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I flip and laugh myself silly at the scene with the floating cow. Oh my god! Yes, I have cow balloon. <laughs> Just chainsaw. Like <laughs> he's like, oh my god! Yes. I had to read that out loud to my partner. Oh yeah, I, I was laughing so yes, hard. It was so funny. <laughs> if you want to know what Maggie writes like, read this chapter about a giant gaseous boar with no genitalia and a cow blimp. <laughs> I'm like cracking up just thinking about it. Go and get the cow for me. <laughs> it's just 
he's like, Tra! <laughs> oh my god, so funny. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, Maggie's so poetic, so beautiful, has a giant boar that smells like farts. <laughs> I loved that so much. I literally squeaked with joy the first time Chainsaw and then Opal later on showed oh, up. Yeah. I was so... I knew you'd be excited. <laughs> I adore all the scenes of Declan and Jordan together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found it extremely satisfying when Declan ripped the back off the Dark Lady painting, all the while screaming that he hated, I thought, Niall, but maybe her, maybe both of them. I think it was Niall, but yeah, possibly yeah. both of them. <laughs> And my favorite quote is probably, dreams are not the safest thing to build a life on. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite details. Ronan mentioned haunted tarot cards on page 238. Yes, I was going to mention that too. Oh my gosh. And I was like, are they actually haunted? Do they know for a fact that Persephone is in the yeah, tarot card? That's, that, <laughs> I was like, I, I was need way, I need a whole chapter about this shit, Maggie. Uh-huh. You cannot drop this and just... Like, it's like I mean I don't want Persephone to be stuck in a no, tarot cards. That's true. It's, it's not likely that she would be. Yeah. I don't think. The fact that Adam found Ronan crying on the Harvard campus, so yes. he can officially be a member of the crying club now. Yes. Oh my god. Ah. Oh. But he's a crying club member because Adam found him in a random right. spot crying. Right. And we talked in the last Call Down the Hawk episode that I think maybe Adam uses his psychic senses to find people in distress. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's a theory. Gansey's texts. Yes. Every single time Gansey came in, it was like a breath of fresh air and a moment of levity. Right. <laughs> it was so good. I loved all of it. <laughs> The black walnut tree in Oregon. Yes, I was so happy <laughs> about that. Don't make me get on a plane. I've changed to the largest <laughs> black walnut tree in Oregon. I was like, Blue totally is making him do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and part, like, I, part of me, even though these are, I know these are fictional characters, part of me was like, I've got to go find him. <laughs> oh, God. Let's go find Gansey. <laughs> you guys. Ronan's elbow when he he went like this and made it look like a butt and then he took a picture (laughs) I said cow balloon gasoline chainsaw talking yes I was gonna talk about this in blue lily lily blue because Maggie said that there was a big subplot about trying to teach chainsaw to talk that had to be completely cut out and so I figured it would never happen and I I was gonna say when we get to the book that like oh man that would be so awesome this would be the one thing that I want for Chainsaw, and it's happening. Uh-huh. Crack. Cracker. <laughs> Crack. Atom. Yeah. Okay, that Declan dated three Ashleys in a row. Uh- <laughs> Fuck. Um, okay, the sword being named Vexed to Nightmare, which is a line from The Second Coming by William Butler Yeats, a.k.a. the poem every goth kid memorized in high school because it's about the apocalypse. (laughs) Neat. And, of course, I have it here. (laughs) It's going to be very hard not to recite the whole poem because I was a goth kid in high school. (laughs) (laughs) This is at the bottom of the second stanza. 
The darkness drops again, but now I know that 20 centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. Wow. Yates also wrote the poem that the title of Call Down the Hawk was taken from. And again, see the previous Call Down the Hawk episode where we talked about that. I have a list of heartbreaking moments. Yep. Adam asks Ronan twice if he'll be there for Adam's break, and he won't be. Ronan's handwriting on his schedule being dark and cramped. We've talked about people's handwriting being their mental state. Mm -hmm. And just to see Ronan dealing with depression. Right. Ronan thinking about the dream he had to bring the stuff back to blackmail Green Mantle. Oh, yes. And that he had to take the photos himself in the dream. Oh, my gosh. Buck, right? Mm -hmm. Page 434, when Ronan said, please don't let me be the only one. And Matthew leaving soccer practice because he keeps thinking about how he's filled with green jello. I mean, no internal organs. Oh, Matthew. Matthew. Okay, one question or many questions that call down the hawk poses for the future. Any new mysteries? There's so many questions. I know, and I have so many of them. And new mysteries. Yeah. I think that, like, one of my biggest questions right now Mm -hmm. is why does Ronan need to be near the Henrietta Ley line to keep from having night wash? Yeah. Like, Niall traveled all over the world, like, all the time. Constantly. And And Hennessy travels, too. He was gone for months. Yeah. They say that over and over. Mm And he lived in a different country, like across right, the ocean from where right. he was born. I mean, I honestly just don't think that Ronan has tried. I don't think he's really tried. Mm, I guess that's true. Like, he went to Harvard. And then, like, the first time something bad happened, was just like, nope. He was yep. like, okay, guess it's not going to work. Which, I mean, I don't mm. totally don't blame him, but, you know. <laughs> and Hennessy travels. And also, she's only had to dream less than a dozen times in a decade. Yeah. Yeah, I because, can't even like, comprehend. Yeah. Can't even comprehend. Yeah. Does all this have to do with Ronan being the Grey Warren, maybe? Like, maybe things work a little differently for him because of... Yeah. You know, it's like, if we still don't know exactly what him being the Grey Warren even really means. Yeah, my first set of questions, if you don't mind, maybe I'll yeah, go pop ahead. That, in that, on this. That was my question. Like, Oh, was... shit. Well, I've got <laughs> so many. Go, go okay. ahead. So kind of similarly was the lace. Because it's like, does each dreamer have an entity tied to it? Because if she's got the lace tied to her and he had Caveswater Lindenmere tied to him. Ah. I was like, wait, what? How How is that a thing? But it sounded like it was waking up more. So maybe if it had some connection to the night wash, it waking mm-hmm. up would make it... But then, again, Bride was saying that there used to be so many more dreamers and that dreams mm. were falling asleep all over the world because they're right. dreamers. So are the moderators and, actually causing Nightwash by whacking yeah, all the dreamers? it seems like it's happening more often. Right. Because both Hennessy and Ronan have it without realizing, and they've always realized before when it was going to happen. Well, not exactly realized, but like... It's just never, it had never happened. So I'm almost wondering if this dream energy has to be let out. 
And because there aren't as many dreamers in the world, because mm-hmm. the moderators are taking them out, they are causing the night wash because right. there's like it's becoming toxic in the dreamers because there's too much of it that's not being let out. Right. I was like, what? Because, and I have this maybe even a little bit later, it seems like Hennessy and Ronan get hit with the night wash the same time. They do. And I'm like, so does that mean that this is pulsing through the dreamers? Like, did all dreamers across the world get hit with Nightwash that night? Or is it just these, like, I mean, obviously, we, we don't have the answers. But mm-hmm. anyway, so so there are these two entities. They're talked about in the same way. Lyndon Mir was manifested by Ronan. Hennessy says that the lace wants her to manifest right. it. So are there entities out there that are neither good nor bad? It's or like, are they good or bad? Or is it mm, based on I, I don't even the relationship that, that, with the dreamer? Yeah, I don't even think that Caveswater or Lyndon Mir is good or bad. No, like, but I think it's... It says it loves him, though. Yeah. That per- mm-hmm. That's positive. How about yeah, that's that? True. Like, that makes sense. And then Hennessy doesn't seem to have a psychopomp. She's always in the dream by herself. Right. Which so, is why she, she has even less of an idea how it right. works than Ronan does. But then Ronan has two. I mean, he called <laughs> Chainsaw his psychopomp in this book. I mean, she is kind of. I mean, well, he said that she right. is a mm-hmm. psychopomp, which hadn't been said at all in the Raven cycle. Well, that's true. So Ronan has two psychopomps. And Hennessy gets none. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how is that fair? I don't know. It just feels like the moderators are causing the problem. To yes, me. I agreed. Yeah. I talk about that later on later. as well. One of the other big questions for me was based on something from Liliana because she says, I think I'm harder to kill than humans. Ah. Uh. And so maybe she's even something like a Grey Warren, a step above a visionary. Maybe. Because, like, she seems to have more of an effect on the people around her. Yeah, I have a lot of that. So when she first showed up, I had these thoughts of almost, like, fertility and feminine power and attraction, but, like, not in a sexualized way, right? Right. So she makes the first woman who sees her feel good about her own body. Right. It's not an, I'm a sexually attracted to this woman. It's a, I am a sexual being, and I am a fertile being, and I loved being pregnant. And, Mm. like, oh, I love my husband. And it was like all of these feelings were brought up. And then she blessed the children in the van, and the children are the ones that survived. Right. It was almost like she protected them by giving them a blessing. Yeah. And then Parsifal's last vision was of someone important to Carmen. He didn't say the next visionary. He said, it's someone important to you. Right. And that led to Liliana, and later Liliana tries to hold Carmen's hand and is like, oh yeah, I forgot how young you are right now. And then on 4.49, she asks if Carmen can stay with her. Uh Uh-huh. So like, there's all of this, but then, told you had a lot of questions. What the fuck was the point of the children's book thing? Because Liliana shows up. And she's just hanging out and all of these children like want to hold her hand again. She's very attractive to children, but Uh not in a sexualized way. And then everyone starts going aggro. Like, did she cause that? 
does she heighten people's feelings of masculinity and femininity? Or I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. She, but then she heightens something in them, like some kind of like. Yeah. And the guy, the guy who owns the gallery that was the children books artist, he said it was not a pleasant feeling that he had when right. he looked at her. So do men not get affected or get affected? It was like, it, what it the definitely fuck? affected him. It affected him in a bad way, though. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I marked a bunch of passages because I was like, I don't get it. But then she went to the gallery looking for Hennessy. Mm-hmm. So she knows who Hennessy is. Right. And so she, that's implying she will know Hennessy in the future. uh It's like, oh, you must know Hennessy because Hennessy painted this. And the guy's like, no, she didn't. And it's like, (laughs) well, because it's a forgery. Mm. But then she calls dreamers dreamers, not Zeds. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just so, Liliana is so weird. She cleaned an old apartment in a day and Carmen walks in and it smells like flowers. Uh And it's like, again, it's this like, she thanked the meat for its sacrifice. Uh She's She's very fertility nature goddess or fae to me is basically what it comes down to. I am putting my money down on some sort of a fae creature, nature creature, something other than a visionary that's what I'm putting my money down. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's just a visionary that has odd powers because supposedly they have those. But I just think there's something there. I agree. But then Carmen, the way that Carmen's family was described as being killed sounded a lot like a visionary going kablooey. Yes, it did. And I'm like, wait, what? What's going on with that? And then there was a brief second where Carmen thought she heard Parsifal's thoughts. Uh Uh-huh. Or heard him say something in her head, and she thought about the fact that she used to hear her brother say things in her head. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so something weird is going on with Carmen, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's going to be straight up. Yeah. She she and her brother were twins, right? I didn't get that at all. Okay. At least I don't... Maybe, Maybe I'm misremembering. But they, okay. I mean, definitely brother and sister, but yeah. I don't recall. I, 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 I could be wrong. I could be wrong. No, I just, I'm trying to think, but I don't recall that being, but it would be interesting if they were, but that wouldn't mean that she would hear Parsifal's thoughts. But I was thinking like. If they had a familial connection, maybe it'd be easier for mm-hmm. psychic communication and, or whatever. And then it would be weird for like twins, one of them to be a dreamer, one of them to be like completely normal. Yeah. It, see, it feels like that would be weird. Yeah. I mean, I still think that Carmen and Declan will end up having some sort of commonality, but... Yeah, okay. uh, I agree. I mean, Declan is always like, well, I guess I'm just this guy. (laughs) I'm just this guy over here. Okay. (laughs) I have so many more. Are dreamers also manipulating time? Because on page 288, Jordan observed it wasn't that he woke and things appeared suddenly beside him. It wasn't that they faded into existence. It wasn't anything that easy. It was more that he woke and something about the time around him changed. Something about the way everyone experienced the time around him. Somehow reality had been edited to allow for the presence of something that hadn't been there before without allowing her the revelation of seeing it come into being. Yeah, I highlight that too. I was like, wait, dreamers are manipulating time? What? (laughs) (laughs) 
Ugh, man. And then the last one is still the please don't kill the trees. Yeah. And all of the, like, if you want to kill someone, don't do it when the trees can see yeah. you. And I'm like, trees or trees? <laughs> like, wink, wink, trees. nudge, nudge, trees. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I highlighted that and I thought about that. But then again, I... A part of me has always felt like, I mean, I know it's not true, but a part of me has always felt like, oh, every dreamer has their caves water, their forest. Yeah, I don't know. But it's still like Ronan says over and over, his imagination made this one into a forest. Right, exactly. Because that's all he could give it. Right. Which means to me that any entity or whatever it is, magical conglomeration could Could be be, anything. I mean, the falls could be one. They're definitely a ley line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are our fears the same as from when we read the sampler? Okay, so my big fear was that Declan would become a villain or antagonist or die. I still think the latter is possible. I mean, they I literally say, wanna... we'll be driving to your funeral I know, by the end. I know. <laughs> I don't like it. But now even more, like with the new Fenian being all, I love you, Declan. And it makes me more scared for Declan Mm. getting all involved. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my fears have been slightly assuaged. It's like I'm no Mm -hmm. longer horribly worried that Adam's going to be like the next visionary or something. Mm -hmm. Because that seems like something that could have happened. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's a thing that happens all at once. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are new fears. Mm -hmm. Like what the bleep is the lace? Mm. And like how are they going to deal with that and stop it? Right. Why isn't Adam answering his text? Where is Adam? What is going on with Adam? (laughs) After I reread the end, this is less of a thing. Because I was like, how could Maggie end on such a cliffhanger? Like, Mm -hmm. not knowing what's going on with anybody, really. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You mean a cliff jumper. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... If it's new fears, that's where, like, the new Fenian, like, him loving Declan when Niall never did makes me incredibly scared for Declan. Yeah. And it really brought up, okay, so more is Declan's mom and Niall could be Declan's dad or is Declan's dad. But what happens when two dreamers have a kid? What if more is a dreamer? I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. And what if... And it cancels each other out or something and like... It cancels each other out and it's like, what if they couldn't be together in some way? And so Niall got a copy of more and she got a copy of Niall. Yep. Because... I think that's what happened. The new Fenian says that he's been around for almost two decades. So he was dreamed maybe when Declan, when Declan was, was two years old or so. Mm-hmm. Because he says that he at least had met Declan as a baby Mm. and sounded like he had met Ronan as well. So it was like, is more a dreamer? (laughs) I think she is. Uh, We'll see. We'll put that in theory slash fears because that just opens up so much for Declan. That makes me so afraid in such a nebulous way. Uh Uh-huh. And then, relatedly, because of that, I'm now afraid that Ronan is a copy of Niall. Because 
if you read through the book again, you see things over and over that he looks exactly like their father. Page 112, he looks exactly like their father. Page 114, he's unmistakably Niall's son. Page 121, I mean, it's like over and over, he looks exactly. Ronan freaking saw himself. Right. Like, like he didn't say, oh, that's my dad. He thought for a second that it was him. Right. (laughs) It freaks me the fuck out. I don't like it. I don't want Ronan to be a copy. That would suck. I hate Niall Lynch. I hate him. 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 I hate him so much. I hate him so much. But but Ronan can dream, and we know that he's like. That's true. Maybe copies can't dream. I don't. We know that they can't because Hennessy's copies say that they can't. And. Yeah, but the, then, like, a, how it does specifically says I, dreams yeah, don't, don't dream. dream? Oh man, <laughs> so like, yeah. But maybe he looks exactly like Niall because genetically he is a hundred percent Niall Lynch. So maybe that's how he's a copy because right. Aurora is going to be genetically Niall Lynch because. <laughs> so oh. he is a fucking clone of Niall Lynch. <laughs> Fucking hell. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it so much. Ronan is still Ronan. Now do you understand why I'm so like, no, dreams are real. Well, but he still wouldn't be a dream. He would just be genetically a copy of Niall Lynch. Uh, I guess, yeah. Okay. okay. Whew. Did you have anything else for that? No. <laughs> okay, let's go to our previous predictions. Yay! I'm going to have you... I wiped all of the unknowns off. So the ones that I'm reading are now going to either still be unknown, be denied, or be confirmed. Oh, okay, so I'm just adding, adding on, on to this. Adding on to this. Okay. There will be some that were unknown that are denied now, some that were right. unknown that are confirmed so didn't now. didn't have any denied before. We had no denied because we hadn't read the book. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So these are the predictions or questions that were marked as unknown as of the last Call Down the Hawk episode that we did for the eight chapter sampler. So yours. These were only the unknowns. Shannon, to see more Opal. Yep. Confirmed. That the black haired woman from the Opal story will be an antagonist. I would say it's still unknown. Still unknown. Okay. To learn more about dreaming and how it works. We absolutely did. Okay. I'll give you that. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I, think I we mean, did. we still don't know how it works. No, but I just said learn more though. Yeah. And we did. <laughs> more about being the Grey Warren and if they are different than Zed's. I would say that that is unknown. That is unknown. Okay. If each cave's water or place like it has a visionary, and you specifically said visionary. Oh. I think you might have meant magician. Um, but Yeah, I think I did. Did I mean Grey Warren? Or like, did I mean like... No, like we were talking about the visionaries. Oh, okay. The next one is that Adam is a visionary or will become a visionary. That's denied. Uh, it's not denied. Oh. It's still unknown. There's oh, two okay. more books. That's true. He's just not the next visionary. <laughs> you did not say he is the next That's visionary. Okay. So... This was a fear. You were afraid that he will drop out or get kicked out of Harvard. Still unknown. (laughs) 
that the next visionary is one of our characters, possibly Declan. Ah, that was That is denied. denied. <laughs> okay. Now mine. All right. We would find out if someone killed Niles' father. That's still unknown. Unknown. This one's questionable. More Lynch family backstory. I think we got some of that. I would say unknown. You would? Okay. I don't think we really have a lot of information on the Lynch family. Okay. Ronan will go to Ireland. Unknown. Still could happen. Mm -hmm. The gray man comes back. We do get a cameo on page like 451 or something like that. I would say that that's probably the most we're going to get. Do we want to say that that counts? I think we do. Okay, so confirmed. Okay. Ronan will get involved in the black market. Confirmed. Well, it didn't actually happen, though. Yeah, that's true. So it's Uh, either unknown or denied. I'm going to say unknown. Okay, could still happen. Adam will go to Ireland and work with old world magic or tap into magic that is not caves water. Still unknown. Still unknown. And part two, that he'll connect Cabe's Water or Lindenmere to other places like it. Unknown. Still unknown. That there will be some sort of fey magic tied with the dreamers. <laughs> unknown. <laughs> Gansey Blue Henry won't appear on page much, if at all. That's confirmed. Well, I, there's still two more books. Oh, okay. So unknown. I mean, I guess I'm looking at it as like the whole Dreamer trilogy, okay. not just this yeah, book. It, the, the, okay. I mean, I still think they won't appear on page much. Ley lines will be a big part of the story. Confirmed. Scope creep will happen. It'll be a global high stakes environment. Confirmed. Confirmed. We will see magic as a global phenomenon. South Africa was mentioned on page 452 as Confirmed. having Dreamers killed yep. by the moderators. There will be a struggle with Ronan, presumably, although I didn't say, between the black market versus being straight and narrow. Hmm. Eh, Still unknown. And I said the key Declan asked for was a passcode to the fairy market, which it wasn't. No. But it was him looking for the thing that he went to the fairy market for. Right. So, kind of? (laughs) Sort of. I'm going to stay denied, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little it's bit of a stretch. Still, it was still a thing that he was seeking to find the thing he was seeking, if mm, that makes sense. Okay, but what do you say? But saying? it wasn't the pass to the fairy market. It was close, but not correct. That Jordan and Hennessy are two separate people, and that my favorite theory was that it was a dreamer and a psychopomp, or that Jordan is a dream construct of Hennessy. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> Booyah. Motorcycle. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> All right. Sexy girls, sexy cars, sexy explosions. We also got some unsexy explosions. Yes. But confirmed. All right. Where are we now? All right. So depending on what we're saying about the key. The key. I mean, I would say it's kind of confirmed, okay. but maybe our listeners will quibble with that. Okay, so... We're doing pretty good. Yeah, I had... We each had one denied fully, what? if the key is considered a denied. Yeah, so I had seven confirmed, one denied, five still unknown. Mm-hmm. You had 14 definitely confirmed. One uh, maybe one, one denied that's, that's either, or confirmed. Depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch nine unknown. Still have some solid. <laughs> I'm thinking the Fey one is not going to be it, but I'm still going to ride. <laughs> New wants or predictions for the upcoming books. 
we've kind of thrown some other ones out, but I think one of the bigger ones is I'm hoping that when Jordan goes to the barns, because she'll be closer to the ley line, she'll have the energy source to develop more individually. Right. And then I'm hoping that Matthew learns from having another dream around. Yeah. Like an independent, like this is, you know, someone to look up to. How about you? I really want them to find a way for dreams to live without their dreamer. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to see Declan and Jordan get together, Aww. like, officially. I want Ronan to be able to leave the barns and travel. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the lace is. Yeah. I want to know more about Bodica. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about Bride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there are just so many questions. That's so all the, many questions. Yeah. <laughs> I like your thing about Matthew learning mm-hmm. from Jordan. Yeah. Is that- yeah, yeah, that's it for me. Okay. What did you think about Ronan's feelings about the barns and how those change from the Raven cycle? So basically, I feel like Ronan's frustrations are definitely valid and completely understandable. Mm -hmm. As much as he loves home, I wholly understand how watching your brothers and all your friends and your boyfriend move away and move on with their lives while you physically can't leave would leave you really resentful. Yeah. So it's not that he loves the barns any less. It's just that he he's allowed himself to love people again too mm-hmm. and so like watching them go away it just makes yeah. him feel resentful he's lonely yeah he's lonely and he says that and he's mm-hmm. bored and he needs something else in his life right and it's not that his feelings towards the barn specifically have changed it's that his circumstances have changed the way he reacts i can to see it. that yeah i said that i feel like his feelings about it are exactly where i thought they would be ah Pretty much because we had said it simply just has to be this way in order that there be three more books about Ronan. Right. Because he was not going to have an adventure story in his own backyard. (laughs) And like, you know, that already happened and it was called The Raven Cycle. Uh Uh-huh. So just by fiction rules... He had to need some impetus to get out. But, right. But yeah, we saw it in the Opal story. He was crushed hearing from Gansey. Mm-hmm. And he knew that Adam would be going away. And you could see it there how hard it was going to be for him to be alone. And there was a beautiful line about... And I don't have it in front of me, but in Call Down the Hawk about how basically how lonely an empty house is, but how peaceful an empty landscape is. Yeah. And it's like that says a lot about Ronan. Like he needs family there. Like he needs his very close people. And without those, his house isn't full. Right. And, like, he even says that when he makes a friend, he gives himself all of himself. 100%. And you can't do that. You can only do that so many times. Mm -hmm. And because he actually does put so much of himself into all these relationships, that makes it even harder. Right. He doesn't feel like he can just go out and make new friends. Besides, like, who's going to be there? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to picture Ronan Lynch making friends in rural Virginia. (laughs) Uh, lots of fic about it. Lots of fic where he's a farmer's market farmer, you know? (laughs) Um, Do you think someone could read Call Down the Hawk without reading The Raven Cycle? 
I, I honestly do not know how someone who hadn't read The Raven Cycle would get what needed to be gotten from the book. Mm. And I don't think it would be as heartbreaking to know about Matthew. And I don't think you would get as much depth into Declan. I just don't think you would be as emotionally invested in any of those characters if you hadn't read The Raven Cycle. I Yeah. Do I think it's possible? <laughs> Yes, of course. Maggie did weave in a lot of details that would provide necessary backstory and context. And some of them could be clues for people who, if they were interested, would then want to go and read The Raven Cycle. Right. And that's great. But I just don't think you would get the emotional impact and resonance as a completely new reader. Right. That's about what I was going to say. It's like, it is hard for me to say because we've spent two years going through page by page of the Raven Cycle. Line by line, uh-huh. letter by letter. Mm-hmm. I think I stand by what I said when we discussed this when the teaser chapters came out. Mm-hmm. I think there's enough background that you could read it and get something out of it. Right. But I don't think you'd get as much out of it. Yeah. Like, I don't think you'd enjoy it as much, be as invested. Yeah. And I was noting that I definitely highlight more stuff from old characters than new characters. Mm -hmm. So, like, and basically just stuff of, like, oh, that makes me think of this thing that happened in the Raven Cycle. Right. Yeah. If anyone happens to listen to this episode that has not read the Raven Cycle, or if you had a friend that skipped right to Call Down the Hawk, get in touch and let us know what that experience was like, because I would love love to hear from someone who hadn't read The Raven Cycle. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they're out there. I can't fathom it, but I'm sure it exists. There's lots of experiences in the world that I can't fathom. How did you feel about the new POV characters? I really like that we got so much more Declan time. I was glad to see... He's not really a new POV character, though. We we didn't get... We got POV from Declan? Yeah, in The Raven King. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It felt different. (laughs) Okay, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, Um, I wasn't thinking about Declan because I knew that we got... Right. But anyway, continue. I really like Jordan. Uh Uh-huh. Just because she... It's so neat to have a dream so flushed out and so, Mm -hmm. like, get into their head so much. To have interiority. Yeah. Not that we've ever been inside of a dream's head. That's why I think it's neat. Because we haven't. Yeah. Because, like, Matthew has never gotten a point of view. Mm -mm. No. And Opal never... uh, Well, Opal gets in the Opal short story. Right. But Opal's... Opal's different. Opal's a little different, I think, than a dream living as a human. Right. I've mentioned again that I want Jordan and Declan to get together so badly. (laughs) I love them together. I can kind of take or leave for Rook Lane. Okay. That's the one I answered about. I feel bad for her and I know, like, she's had such a hard life, but I hate the moderators so much that I had a hard time connecting with her. And plus, she killed her own flipping brother. Yeah. And I don't know (laughs) that she's had a hard life. Ah. I think she is starting to have those decisions come back to her and getting a little bit of a, like, she was wealthy, upper middle class, if not upper class child. I mean, you know, she's privileged, basically. So I think the big tragedy for her was her family being killed 
presumably by her brother, Yeah, which sucks. That mm. definitely sucks. So mine was about Carmen. And I've seen a lot of people say that they don't like Carmen at all. But mm. I have to say that I really enjoyed the slow reveal of her personality. Yeah. And we see her become unwound. And I'm very curious about where that goes next. Uh-huh. She reminds me so much of Gansey. In my opinion, like they even like the same things. Yeah. And Gansey at the beginning is like, I am so put together. And then he's a big ball of anxiety you know like you don't see that for a couple of books right and he keeps making bad decisions <laughs> maybe Liliana will do super... for Carmen what Blue does for Gansey yeah it's just like I am looking forward to seeing her become deconstructed okay and becoming a character that we can relate to because mm-hmm. I mean, I have the feeling that she will become a good guy. Okay. That's my feeling. We don't know. Maybe that's another prediction. Carmen will be a good guy. (laughs) Carmen and Liliana. So, theories about the Dark Lady, Moore, and the new Fenian. Okay. So, I looked up Fenian, Mm -hmm. and it's actually kind of interesting. Right. A Fenian is a member of a 19th century revolutionary nationalist organization among the Irish in the U.S. and Ireland. Mm-hmm. The Fenians staged an unsuccessful revolt in Ireland in 1867 and were responsible for isolated revolutionary acts against the British until the early 20th century mm-hmm. when they were gradually eclipsed by the IRA. Mm-hmm. So it's more of the war slash political battle tie-in. And the Dark Lady seems to be head of, or at least high up in, Bodica, mm-hmm. which is named after a Celtic queen who led an uprising against the Romans. Mm-hmm. So I foresee a battle coming between the Dreamers and the Moderators, and I think it's going to get pretty nasty. This is a third faction, though. So are you saying that... I think I was thinking of them as part of the Dreamer faction. Gotcha. And because, like, we were talking about earlier the theory that I hadn't actually, like, parsed it all out as to why I was putting them with that. Right. But with the new Finian being a copy of Nile. Right. And more at least think maybe, knowing dreamers exist. Yeah. And mm-hmm. possibly theory is she might be a dreamer herself. Mm-hmm. And the simple fact that she was looking for bride in the market. But when they moved Ronan, when he was dreaming from the night wash, Moore drove his car to like 45 minutes away while Bride was in the dream giving him the sword hilt. Right. And while the new Finian was backing their car into Carmen, like there was a concert of effort to save Ronan there that I feel like they have to know each other. So I think you're spot on there. Mm -hmm. So I did look up something that I will say about Moore. The name means exceptional or great. Great. And there are a couple of other possibilities as well. But more Moomin is a figure, and I don't know if that's Moomin, more Moomin, is a figure from early Irish literature who is said to have been a queen of Munster and a daughter of King Aed Benin. Aed Benin? Her name means the Great Mother, and the province of Munster is named after her. Huh. She is believed to be a mother goddess or sovereignty goddess of the province. She personifies the land and the region. She is also known as Mugain and may be the same figure as Anu and the Morrigan. Oh. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Again, <Ravens>. if... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> again, if you have not listened to our other episodes, we talk about the Morrigan. <sighs> what are your feelings about the moderators slash visionaries? Who do you think is the villain big bad? I'm not sure about the big bad. I mean, the lace. <laughs> <laughs> Because Ronan called it manifesting a demon. And on page 413, Hennessy thinks, if only she was dreamt of something besides dot dot dot. And mm-hmm. she doesn't finish the thought. Besides what? Is the was a typo? And is it supposed to say, if only she dreamt of something besides? Huh. It says, if only she was dreamt of something besides. Huh. And I was like, wait, it's, is it a typo? Am I reading way too much into this? Because at that point, I felt like, what is the lace hiding from her? Like, is the lace yeah. actually something that she put up to protect herself from something? Or is is it like a ragged veil that's separating her from something evil? Is it itself something evil? It was like, no, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's so weird. The moderators and visionaries, I think I've talked about them a lot already. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kind of skip that. It's a lot of the same. But I still maintain that Niall Lynch is the fucking villain of everything all the time. <laughs> He is the big bad. I think I agree with you. I did not think I could hate him more. And you do. I so did not think I could hate him more. And I do. Do you want I to take ha- that crowbar from the gray man and do it yourself? <sighs> no, because that's a little rough. But it's just like, like, I hated him in a funny way. Mm-hmm. No, he's like on my shit list. He was already on my shit list, but he's really on the shit list. He's on the shit shit list. The shitty shit 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 list. Oh, fuck, I hate that guy. Okay, you? All right. Well, I feel sorry for the visionaries because, like, that must be one heck of a horrible life. Yeah. Even more so than being a dreamer. Yeah, and the moderators are like lying to them yeah telling them that oh no if you turn the visions inside it'll be fine but no they're totally and they know that they know it's not well they discover that it's not Mm -hmm. but they don't know at first Mm -hmm. and it's like oh yeah oh the moderators know that it's not Mm -hmm. i hate the moderators hate them and i think they're gonna end up being the big bad because I feel like it's a case where they're going to bring about the prophecy mm-hmm. by trying to stop it. Like you were talking about, you thought they were causing the nightwash. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And also, where the heck were they during the Dream Thieves? Like, when did they start? Because you would think that they would have gotten wind of Kavinsky. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like they've been around for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But... Maybe just none of the visionaries saw Kavinsky. I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's a retcon that I just <laughs> like. The <laughs> moderators probably didn't exist mm. <laughs> fictionally or mentally. Maybe thought of them yet? Yeah, maybe she had. I don't know, but but yeah, it's like if Kavinsky can shoot something high enough to get the government looking at him. If- yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, point being. Yeah. Okay. So, last question. No, it's not. There's always one more. 
What do you feel about Bride? And do you think he can be trusted? It's really hard to tell exactly what's going on with Bride. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he's trustworthy. Or at least I want to feel like he's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. But again, then again, we really don't have enough evidence to say one way or the other. Right. We know he saved Ronan, but we don't know why. Right. It doesn't feel like he's lying or being manipulative. But then again, he hasn't really actually said much. Mm-hmm. It feels like we can trust him because he doesn't need to be manipulative because he can dream whatever he wants. Right. But then again, maybe that's just what he wants us to think. Right. You know, he's yeah. still very much a wild card, still very much up in the air. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting about Bride is that he is the one who's talking about humans as yeah. being this stain on the earth, uh-huh. basically. And so it feels like to me that Bride could be winding Ronan up to become this dreamer that dreams the fire to wipe humans off the earth. Huh. Just like the moderators are manipulating the visionaries. And I don't know if that's true, but if you go back through it, Bride doesn't answer a lot of the direct questions that Ronan asks. Right. Like Ronan asks, do you know how to separate dreams from a dreamer? And Bride just is like, I'm going to answer this other thing and totally ignore that you asked me Mm -hmm. that question. Obfuscation, not the droid you're looking for, like doesn't answer at all. And so there was enough of that where I was like, hmm, he's planting all of these like... subversive thoughts and feelings into Ronan's head. Mm -hmm. And that to me feels manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you think, now that I think about it, yeah. It's all the like, well, if it wasn't for them, the world would be covered in trees. And if it wasn't for them, you'd be able to hear the stars. And if it Mm -hmm. wasn't for them, and it's like... That's and, a dangerous road to go down. And the moderators are like, well, if it wasn't for the then, dreamers, mm-hmm. the world still... And it's like, you guys are exactly the same. <laughs> Just don't talk to me. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Bride could be great. He could be great. Don't know. Who knows? I will say, one of the most satisfying things to me was that the last few paragraphs of the book really brought home the title, Call Down the Hawk. Because Bride says on page... 467, I told you what it meant if you called me. Then when Ronan sees Bride for the first time on page 468, he is described with eyes intense and clever over his hawkish nose. He was tawny haired and tall. Tawny reminds me of hawk feathers. He looked like a hero. (laughs) And the hero part makes me think of the story that Bride told Ronan earlier. Yes. About the hero that turned into the hawk. Oh my gosh. And what was the point of that story? We don't know. Was he making some sort of an observation about himself? Whoa. Because he's like, what would it be like if you could hold out your arm and that hawk came down? Wow. Call down the hawk. (laughs) Wow. And with that, I actually don't have another question. You don't? I don't. Oh, wow. Do you? No. I think I've talked enough. (laughs) All right. Okay, I lied. Are you looking forward to the next book? Yes. Good. Okay, we're done. Okay. (laughs) NBC. So this time, we did something a little bit different. I said, let's write down who we think the other one is going to pick and what we're going to pick so we can't lie about it and change it. All right. Who goes first? 
Okay. I think I will go first and say what I think you are going to pick. Okay. I think you will pick Matthew or Declan. (laughs) (laughs) Neither? I got it wrong. Okay. So I said, and you had said the same thing. I couldn't decide between Matthew or Declan for you. Uh I know who mine is. But for (laughs) you, I kept going back and forth between Matthew and Declan. I picked Declan. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Yep. So who did you think for me? Okay. So I picked Declan and I said, I think Navita will pick Declan too. Mm -hmm. But she thought about Ronan and maybe Adam's motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) The leather jacket. Uh, <laughs> I picked a leather jacket. Did you? No. I picked Declan. Okay, we were both right then. Yay, Declan! <laughs> Woo! All right, I just want to show Shannon something. <laughs> Navita is wearing a shirt that says Declan Lynch Fan Club Treasurer. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she is... just took her jacket off and showed me the back of her shirt and that's what it said yep <laughs> we should totally take a picture of that and post it i actually have oh okay <laughs> uh, sorry <laughs> it was a surprise for you because i knew that you wouldn't be on twitter all right well do we have anything else to add i don't think we do okay just that, like, Navita has been vibrating with excitement this whole week. <laughs> yeah. Well, for, like, the last two years since we heard that this was happening. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, like, after actually reading it, after you've been, like... It. Yeah. <laughs> I only admitted to Shannon that I had read it twice, but I've actually read it three times. <laughs> had time to get through it once i know but you i got a little little early and yeah <laughs> you know so that's why i had a lot of detailed stuff that i could pull out and i knew that that was going to be the case okay well with that maggie watch very simple maggie did an ama and asked me anything on our fantasy the day that call down the hawk came out so if you haven't Go out and check that out. I will put the link. Obviously, I'm not going to read it out because it's a Reddit link and it's very long. But there were some interesting things. She only got through maybe 20, maybe 30 questions out of 300 and something questions, obviously. But there was some good stuff. She talked about her process and getting published as an author and what her favorite tree is. And like, you know, it's an AMA. The thing that I had asked was whether we would get a holiday short. She didn't answer it directly to me, but someone else had asked, what are the things that you're working on? And she had said there's a holiday thing that she's working on. So hopefully that'll happen. She also said that she is or will or will is looking at doing an adult novel, not a YA novel. So that'll be interesting. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure what that would look like. I mean, Lee Bardugo just did the same thing. Seanan McGuire has just done the same thing. Like, it's awesome. She should be doing stuff that makes her happy. So that's it for Maggie Watch. She is obviously working on book two. She's got the comic book. She's got the Scorpio Races tarot. She's got all of those irons in the fire that she's had this whole time. So then supporter shout out. Again, a huge thank you to our patrons, Mimi, Andrea, Jamie, Nancy, Chelsea, Lynn, D the Shadow, Amanda, Tiffany, Louise, Alina, 
Bella, Hannah, Rhiannon, Ollie, and Madeline. Thank you so much. And if you go to ravengirls.com, you can see if you click on supporters, how to join all of our patrons. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to say a thank you to Cece at Problems of a Book Nerd on YouTube for giving us a shout out on her most recent vlogs, rereading The Raven Cycle in Two Days, Part 1 and 2. <laughs> and cool. she also mentioned us at the end of 2018, but I didn't see it until months later. And so I thought maybe the belated shout out might be weird. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, thank you to CC. We really do appreciate it. Mm. And also to anyone who mentions us in a blog post or on Reddit or anywhere else, please let us know so we can give you credit and say thank you on mic. Yeah. I mean, that might not be why you're doing it, but we would like to say thank you. Right. So feel free to get in touch if you've mentioned us somewhere. And with that, I think we're done. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We are tentatively planning a holiday special, depending on time and content, and if Maggie releases the holiday shorts we were just talking about a little bit ago. Mm -hmm. And because we are still in between season two and season three, please follow us online and do subscribe for announcements. And if we release special episodes like a teased holiday short, we would love to have you join us for those. And mm -hmm. Again, keep talking to us on Twitter, on Tumblr. Thank you for getting in touch. Right. You can find us practically everywhere on social media at Raven Girls, R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S, on Twitter at Raven Girls, on Tumblr at ravengirls.tumblr.com, Facebook at facebook.com slash ravengirls. Now we're at ravengirls.com. Woohoo! <laughs> so um, exciting. Uh-huh. And you can reach us directly at ravengirls at gmail.com. And our Patreon and coffee are also at Ravengirls. Mm -hmm. And you can reach me directly at substanceparty.tumblr.com or via Gmail at substanceparty with all of the A's taken out. S-U-B-S-T-N-C-E-P-R-T-Y at gmail.com. I will say that I made a Twitter account specifically for Call Down the Hawk Screaming. <laughs> I don't know how long I'll use it. <laughs> but if you go to Raven Cycle Pod on Twitter, at Raven Cycle Pod, you can find me screaming about Call Down the Hawk. <laughs> if we have referenced a post or article in the podcast, we will do our best to include source links to those in the show notes. The Raven Cycle, Call Down the Hawk, The Dreamer trilogy and all affiliated properties are copyright maggie steve otter and scholastic incorporated we hope you've enjoyed today's episode and until next time whoop whoop raven, raven girls, girls. <laughs> <laughs>
And if you go to Raven Girls Got <laughs> Raven Girls Got Milk, I don't know what I was gonna say there. <laughs> <laughs> say raven girls got milk <laughs> i should have bought that ul ravengirlsgotmilk.com oh fuck no you shouldn't have <laughs> i told you actually i'm out <laughs> oh fuck okay <laughs> if you go to ravengirls.com you can